the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back to our itsy bitsy teensy weensy Saturday evening program. I'm Randy Corcoran back in spite of unpopular demand to the contrary from all of your typical political consultants and advisors and brainiacs and know-it-alls and the big dollar contributors, the ones who keep doing things the same way over and over and over. Lose probably in the worst election outcome, certainly in my memory, just by pure percentages all across the board, and then blame it on you and therefore blame it on me. But we're here nonetheless, so happy to have you along. Our phone number is 303 696 1971. 696 1971, as usual, Alexa is kicking off the texting. The 710 KNUS most loyal listener in history. And she points out, wow, MSM, mainstream media, covering up the cover-up. Thank God for Elon Musk, true patriot. He has even enlightened us that Twitter interfered with the elections in Brazil. Can't wait for Peter Ducey versus K. Karine Jean-Pierre on Monday. Alexa. And I wonder, it, when I saw that tweet, it made me wonder, did our top-of-the-hour news say anything at all about Elon Musk? I asked producer, producer Luis Gonzalez, who's been here for at least a couple of hours, and he said he hasn't heard a single word about what I told Mike Boyle, I think is probably the biggest story uh, in, in the world right now, and certainly on par with Watergate. The corruption, the coordination, the collusion to take down a sitting president to prevent his reelection is absolutely incredible. And remember, people say, well, yeah, but Joe Biden, 81 million votes. He got more votes than anybody in history, uh, if you believe the count. Donald Trump got more votes than any sitting president in history, if you believe the count. But the bottom line is, the, the loss of the White House by Donald Trump to creepy, sleepy, zombie Joe Biden was about 44,000 votes in just the right precincts in three battleground states. Look it up. Out of 81 million supposed votes, and I say supposed, I believe they were cast and counted. I just don't believe that they were all legitimate not duplicated, properly verified, properly signed, turned in on time. 44,000 out of about 151 million votes changed an election. And then we learn about what was going on behind the scenes at Twitter. And I agree with Alexa, a a tremendous patriot. I I can't imagine any motivation for Elon Musk other than simply finally bringing transparency to the deep, dark secrets behind the, the global cabal that used to be known as Twitter. 
He got rid of those people quickly. Now he's starting to turn out the internal documents. And it's remarkable, just absolutely crazy. And it was interesting that he turned them over to a guy named Matt Taibbi to be the one to report on Twitter. This is all uh, released on Twitter. You can just go look at it any old time you want. Because Matt Taibbi is, he's an editor and a podcaster, uh, an author, a journalist. But for instance, he was a contributing editor at Rolling Stone. By no means is this guy some sort of radical right winger, some, you know, rock ribbed conservative, anything like that. He turned this over to a journalist who probably just based on associations like Rolling Stone, politically, most likely leans to the left. And I don't know anything about the guy, but that's a pretty good decision. You know, you wouldn't want to turn these this very sensitive documentation over to, oh, I don't know. I mean, you you could because I think he's got he's got a whole lot of credibility as far as I'm concerned. Charlie Kirk's super smart. Have you ever been around this guy just watching how quick he is on his feet and how brilliantly he comes up with answers when he's being attacked by leftists and students? And he would report accurately, but this takes away any impression that. You know, Elon Musk has become some sort of radical right winger, and so he handed this over to a a young um, founder of a remarkably conservative and effective organization, Turning Point USA, like Charlie Kirk. And this guy just started to lay it out. And so in just a minute or two, I'm going to get into some of these tweets because I know a lot of you. A lot of you don't have access to Twitter. You choose to stay off social media. You're tired of it. You're not interested in it. Never were. Don't have a smartphone. I mean, yeah, here in 2022, I know there are some of us still living that life. And Twitter's become a lot of fun now. So if you've ever thought about, gosh, I should figure out how to get involved there, um, boy, just download the app on your phone. Have your grandchild show you how to download the app on your phone and get in. It's so simple and just it's a stream of ongoing information and it's no longer censored. It's no longer uh, micromanaged, uh, at least in nowhere close to the level it was before Elon Musk took over. I will say before we get into that and also outline the other couple of things that we're going to talk about while phone calls are loading up, um, I will say that it concerns me that Elon Musk suspends the Kanye West Twitter account. And I have not dug in. I understand Kanye tweeted out a, a Jewish symbol with a Nazi symbol inside of it or something, just something absolutely aberrant. Was talking about uh, what a good person or maybe not good person, I don't know, a good leader or a successful, I, I, don't, I don't even know what he said specifically, but he was referring to Adolf Hitler in some positive light. I mean, the guy's obviously sick, just sick. But does that mean he shouldn't be entitled to be heard? Let him out himself as the sick puppy that he is. Do we want one person, even though all of a sudden, and listen, Elon Musk is a hero as far as I'm concerned because of the courage that it takes. Imagine what he's doing to the value of his company. Imagine what he's doing to 
just sort of increase the amount of security that he probably needs because people will be gunning for him in the literal sense as well as the political and social sense. So he has to be, I mean, his reasons have to be good. And it's working, by the way, at Twitter. Their action, the activity, some of these idiot big sponsors, General Motors and others pulling all their ads, not going to make a damn bit of difference in the long run. Go woke, go broke. You will see that play out. I have no doubt about it. But on the other hand, it is a public forum. And so absolutely, you know, it doesn't have to be pornographic or there could be a channel that's pornographic if somebody wanted to go there. Nothing that involves harming children or, you know, all of the things that society has determined uh, and laws prohibit being presented in this gigantic international public forum. But just because somebody is a jerk or an idiot, or in the case of Kanye West, it seems to me maybe having serious mental health issues. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. The only way I became really aware of the activity of Kanye West and, and got interested in him and supported him very briefly was when I heard he showed up with Candace Owens, who I've met and spent time with and, and do admire the how powerful her brain is. She is quicker than anybody I've ever seen on her feet. Uh, but they wore those uh, White Lives Matter shirts together. Two black people wore White Lives Matter. And the point being that it's all lives that matter. And this political correct nonsense set aside the, the Marxist and, and fraudulent origins and activities of the Black Lives Matter organization and movement. The fact that he had the courage to do that, that he came out and said, yeah, I'm a black man and I, I support Donald Trump. He could have said he supported Ron DeSantis, or he could have said, I support Mike Pence or anybody who's on the right side politically. I mean, Trump obviously is the toughest one for anyone who is trying to get along in the music industry, the Hollywood industry. But he could have come out with any of those statements, and I would have said, hey, there's a man with the courage of his convictions. He's willing to speak and, and feel the consequences, especially when he took on, said, you know, that he liked Trump. So... That's when I became interested and started watching Kanye and thought, wow, maybe this guy can, can help with the opening eyes of, of people who are so blinded by the nonsense that went on with Twitter for the last several years and, and all of the shading that goes on in the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine narratives that are put out all the time about conservatives, that maybe he could do some good. And But now, I, it just seems like he's got a mental health issue. But does that mean that he should be silenced? I mean, it's the Supreme Court of the United States, isn't it, that said that the Ku Klux Klan can march down the streets of, of uh, was it Shaker? No, it was an Illinois town. Skokie, I think. Skokie, Illinois. Or maybe it was Skokie, Ohio. I think it's oh, Illinois. But anyway, Skokie stands out in my mind that that is still legal in America. That longtime Democrat-created organization, the Ku Klux Klan, that wore white sheets and strung up black people and burned down their houses and just terrorized and tormented people who, you know, Joe Biden affiliated himself, the Grand Poobah, whatever that title is that Robert Byrd held in the Ku Klux Klan, Joe Biden's buddy, spoke at his funeral. They can march down the street in Skokie, I think Illinois, 
And that is because we have the right to free speech, even speech that troubles most people. And shouldn't that apply even to the aberrant words of a Kanye West? That that concerns me. But listen, I am not going to be like hypercritical in any way, shape or form of somebody like Elon Musk at this point. He just got a hold of this thing and then started looking underneath the hood and saw, wow, we we not only have we've got a volcano brewing down there of of a cesspool of nonsense and corruption and collusion and coordination. Musk himself said that Twitter has interfered in elections back on November 30th. He knows it now. So while he's picking his way through and making decisions, um, you know, I disagree with the decision to silence somebody, even somebody who's turned into either a head case or has always been evil or I, I don't know, just don't know what to say. I don't know anything enough about Kanye West to say. I'm not going to criticize him about that when he has the courage to do this. It's absolutely extraordinary. I know we're going to get pretty close to a break, so why don't we grab some calls before I jump into some of this Twitter stream that you'll be so very interested in, and we'll start with our old buddy Jack in Wyoming. Jack, good evening, sir. Yeah, Randy, the best thing that could possibly come out of this whole thing is is with these documents that uh, Elon Musk is dumping on Twitter. I just hope they come up with enough uh, rock-solid evidence to take Jack, Jack Dorsey and put him in jail where he belongs. That's what I'm hoping comes out of it, because that'll send the best message you could possibly send. That's well, all I got, man. Well, can I tell you real quick, Jack, that, um, and I, I wish I could remember now who was talking about this, but it appears that there is evidence that what was going on uh, deep within this decision-making process of Twitter was without Jack Dorsey's uh, direct knowledge, that there's evidence okay, well, within the, the documents. Okay. Go ahead. That's, that's, the, that's the Kenny Lay de- defense. That's, I mean, and he's already adopted the Kenny Lay defense, which is what you just said. I'm hoping there's something there that will pierce that. That's what I'm saying. Got it. Okay. Thank you, man. Have a great weekend. All right, man. All right. Our old buddy Johnny in Denver is back. Johnny, good evening, sir. Okay. I'm going to send you a video of Kanye West. Remember when Prince put on the space slave and he changed the statement into a symbol to get out of the contract that he was in? Yeah. I will send you yeah, a link yeah. directly from Kanye West saying that that's what he was doing was getting out of that contract and it's his words saying thank you everybody for uh, for helping me in this endeavor so, so you're saying that, you're that, saying Kanye West is doing something intentionally to get out from under a contract yes because if, if remember if, if you get out of some contract if you break the contract then they can go after you and and sue you Till 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 dawn goes over, but if you, if you do something and they break the contract, then you're clear, and and they were already already messing with his shoes and and stealing other things that that was his idea, and I'll send you the video, and he explains it in this video. It's his voice, it's, it's him, and it's the same kind of thing that Prince did to get out of Warner Brothers thing by putting the, the thing slay, but how, of course, that's not. Yeah, I understand. I, how old right. is this video? Uh, it's just a few days. So uh, you're a black man. You're a conservative. Yeah. I don't know how long you've been a conservative or Republican, you know, really a whole lot about your history. But what what have been your thoughts? Have you been aware of or paying any attention to Kanye West? Because Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 then on the the the, the video, he was on the show, and he was wearing a black mask over his face. He needed to, get, for whatever reason, get out of that billion-dollar contract because he wanted more prison because he sold more shoes under that uh, with those people than they ever sold shoes. So why does he need them if he could sell those many shoes? So how how would that fit in with, for instance, um, accepting or asking Donald Trump for a dinner meeting and then showing up there with? Uh, What's his name? Fuentes and uh, and uh, Ye, uh, Yilo, yeah, Milo, 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 yeah, Milo, Milo. Yiannopoulos or something like that. Yeah, Milo said some time ago that he wanted to, to tear the Republican Party down. So I think that was part of Milo's thing. No, I, I clearly Milo's got a bone to pick, and I remember when Milo right. had his brief five seconds of fame, and and I actually thought he might be something special in the conservative yeah. movement. Uh, yeah. Nick Fuentes, I've never paid attention to until I saw a uh, a clip, a compilation that the Newsmax um, TV guy, Benny Johnson, I think is his name, put together that just showed so much hate yeah. after hate after hate, just stupid things being said. So why but would he see. why would he bring especially Fuentes, but either of those men to go meet with President Trump? Well, um I, I got to find the, the video that explains that, but okay. I can see the, the little the little link from from uh, um, Kanye. It's only like maybe two minutes long, if, well, if that. Well, get it to me. I'll be happy to look at it. I appreciate the call, Johnny. All right. Got got, oh, hey, Johnny. It said on oh. the screen that you wanted to oh, talk about liberals yeah. moving to other social media. Tell me about that yes. very quickly. Okay. Um, um, I listened to this blind radio station and they had some excuse about why they're going to move to this other platform because supposedly every Elon Musk uh, fired most of the people that worked in the disabled part of, of like making uh, Twitter accessible and I think they're coming up with just all kinds of reasons because they want to they want to move to their own echo tower uh, where they can just hear their opinions and, and they can be uh, elevated once again and, and they're making all kinds of excuses to move over to this. And I forgot the name of the website. I'm not moving over them. I'm hanging out at Twitter, which I, I just got um, <laughs> my my account just got disconnected for whatever reason. So I think people, once they find out who you are, those those trolls are, are you know, sending like reports saying, oh, this person said something bad or whatever. So it, it's just an echo. You you, you got dis you got disconnected from Twitter. Or you got disconnected yeah, from this from other Twitter from huh. Twitter. Yeah. And it's like, what am I saying? Well, even... Huh, okay. Go ahead. Well, one of these websites, or one of these uh, new social media platforms I discovered is called Tribal. And it it uh, it seems really smooth. It's, a, it's pure lefty. It's where uh, mm. pe- a lot of people on Twitter are moving over to, from the left, who are, are moving over to, they claim. Yeah. And, uh, and I just wonder, it seems so smooth and effective, kind of like, you know, Twitter is the creme de la creme of of uh, this type of platform compared to Truth Social or Parler, which are kind of clunky still to work on. I wonder wonder why they don't work better. But, uh, hey, yeah. I, oh, you know, we're way, way late on the break now, but you said okay. a blind radio station. Now, let me well, say, it, it, wait, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I, I know that you're bl- legally blind, and I've met you, and it's amazing how you get around and do everything that you do. Um, but what is a blind radio station? That's a good one. Okay, it's a um, Mushroom FM. It's ran by some guys in New, New Zealand. Really excellent quality. 
but it's, it's like most of the DJs, if not all of them, are are either blind or legally ah, blind. Ah, very cool. And uh, yeah, and uh, the guy Mosin at large, he's he's the big wig over there. So he gave his little spiel about how you know Alamos took away all these accessibility and fired uh, all those people. Okay. And I was like, please cry me a river. <laughs> you go, my friend. Thank you, Johnny. Have a good rest of your weekend. God bless. Johnny's line is open, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. We're way late on the break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this press conference, or at least t- tee up our 6 o'clock hour guest, Casper Stockham, and um, also give you some statistics and information I got from the weekly National Election Integrity call I was on yesterday. And then we will jump headstrong into these, this Twitter thread and the just condemning and compelling information that was released in just the first chapter of what I expect to be a very long and dramatic saga. So I hope you'll stay right with us. At 526, I'm Randy Corpin. You're listening to 710 KNUS. Outlaws fit right in on this show. Welcome back, 531-303-696-1971 is our phone number. 303-696-1971. We can never let our show go on without reminding you of this classic from 2008. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder why. Did you ever see the, the documentary Kill Chain, HBO documentary that came out while all of this all of the lies about Russia collusion and Russian interference in the 2016 election that Hillary Clinton and others still talk about to this day. Um, and so the left was so worried about showing the world how the machines can be manipulated. And, and of course, they, they sung that song all the way through to 2020 when they managed to flip that baby around themselves. 81 million votes, an election lost by 44,000 votes in just the right districts over three battleground states and we're not supposed to scratch our head election machines in maricopa county arizona that are working fine tested worked fine during the primary they were tested the week before and the night before election day and then all of a sudden on election day gosh darn it we've got the wrong size ballots 19 whatever versus 20 i don't remember if that was inches or what the measurement was Um, wrong ink, printers that won't work, tabulators that are just curiously malfunctioning on Election Day, the day when Republicans expect to make up the huge gaps that we as Republicans, and I for one have learned from this lesson, we as Republicans have allowed to roll into place virtually every election thinking we could make up the difference on Election Day. No more. That is nonsense. And one of the things I remember promoing for the show uh, on the uh, promo that runs, you know, the sort of commercial about what's coming up on Saturday was whether the RNC has done enough in light of these elections. We've got RNC uh, leadership elections coming up. And and frankly, it looks like it would be very difficult to replace Ronna McDaniel. I, I keep getting emails from people who are pretty dialed in in the RNC, people who've been around there a while or have a big platform, even David Bossy, you know, who's worked very strongly with Trump's campaign. Of course, Ronna McDaniel was sort of hand-selected by Donald Trump, uh, but he came out and endorsed her. 
had a wonderful conversation with New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. He's finishing up his fourth term in Congress. He called me up last week, and we talked quite a bit about the reasons he's considering running for RNC chair. And, uh, of course, Mike Lindell has announced his intention to run as well. But uh, these are important decisions. They'll be made in January. And uh, one has to question, you know, we've we, a lot of lawsuits have gone on, but, but there have not been contingency plans like in Georgia. While we were bringing the right lawsuits and, and doing the right thing to try and stop, you know, sort of renegade judges from allowing extended voting periods and different things like that that weren't necessarily justified under the law or whatever the issues were. The Democrats were gearing up, putting their whole machine in place, and the the moment that a judge ruled against Republican efforts, uh, they got they had a whole week to pick up uh, by some reports two hundred thousand votes for U.S. Senate candidate or U.S. Senator Ralph Warnock. So that's a two hundred thousand vote deficit that got was in the bank by Democrats ballot harvesting. Oh, I know we can't talk about that's the new bad word. That's almost as bad as election denier um, or a claiming election fraud. But they harvested up those ballots, about 200,000 worth, before the Republicans even really had their centers and their get-out-the-vote efforts on the ground. And that, to me, you know, it starts at the state. The state decides a lot of that stuff. But once, once the general election's over... And all the focus was on Georgia, including from the RNC top down, had conference calls with Ronna McDaniel and the 168 who were on the committee. And uh, it was all Georgia all the time. Uh, you know, we have to do a better job. Whoever's going to be in charge next time has to do a better job of having the contingency plan mapped out. Have the resources ready, win or lose, in the middle of a lawsuit. If we win, here's how we move forward. If we lose, here's how we jump right into action. So the Democrats don't get a head start like it appears Ralph Warnock did in Georgia during this runoff. Of course, early voting is done. That ended yesterday. So now there's just Election Day voting on Tuesday. They're still showing it as a two-point race. We shall see. But... uh, fascinating. And and Lee Zeldin had some tremendous ideas, and he has not formally announced. And maybe he won't. If he sees Rana's got it sewed up, um, there's not really a fight to have. And then especially with a a third person in there, Mike Lindell, just split the vote most likely. Um, But who knows? I mean, a lot can happen in a month. I think all of the energy within the RNC will turn toward the leadership elections as soon as this runoff is decided. And hopefully we'll have those numbers as early as Tuesday, should be Tuesday night, but it never is. But hopefully very, very soon next week. And then we can just put 2012, there's still litigation in Arizona, important litigation, by the way. Oh, those people, if they were classy, they would just give up. But everybody's got to shout fraud. My God, read a lawsuit sometime. Read an allegation. And I know lawsuits get turned down on standing and a host of other reasons. You're a day late. You're a day early. All of those have been reasons that court cases have been dismissed back in 2020 and since when it comes to election shenanigans. But, uh, uh, you know, actually read one and see what the allegations are and then think, is that at least worth finding out about? If you're using the law to challenge something, if there's a system and a structure set up 
to allow you to make sure that you didn't get schnookered. And we all know Maricopa was schnookered because we know what happened on Election Day. But setting all that aside, is it wrong to just exercise your rights, your legal rights, under the processes that are set in place? Every time we turn around and try and do that, it, we get shut down. The, the gate gets slammed before you ever get to the bottom of a thing. And so I admire tenacity. I admire people who don't go away. I admire people who fight it out to the end. I've described even Mike Lindell. He's like a guided missile with no guidance system. I mean, he just keeps coming, you know. And one of these days he's going to hit a target. But whether he's right or wrong, his intentions are of utmost integrity. He, he puts his money where his mouth is with his business, his employees, his products made in America, keeping people at work even when Twitter and Walmart and everybody else tried to shut him down and shut him out. It's America first patriotism that uh, drives, that energizes his maybe unguided missiles. But you have to admire, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and I do admire the man. So I don't know how we wandered off into all of that. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Twitter. We'll, we'll fire that up a little bit when we come around the corner from this break. Um, but I also want to let you know that Casper Stockham will join us at around 6 o'clock tonight. And he was at this press conference or rally, kind of a combination, maybe a hybrid that occurred on Wednesday. It was put on by a guy named Aaron Wood. And they wanted to do uh, this in the parking lot of the Republican Party. Many people are, you know, upset. They don't like the leadership. They don't like decisions that were made, obviously. Nobody likes the outcome. And uh, the owners of the building, I've heard people make it sound like the Republican Party would not allow them to use the parking. They had nothing to do with it. Um, the owners of the building, and, and besides, there were people there. Cars were parked. There was no room to set up uh, for 100 people and a loudspeaker system. Um, so they did it across the street. And I got a chance to watch the video. And I got a chance to talk to the guy who I think he emceed it anyway. I don't know if he's actually the one who put it together. Aaron Wood should have asked him that question. Really good guy. Uh, it just his sort of initial statements remind me of me. I got I saw that something needed to be done. And I got off on my couch. That's what I used to say back in you know 2010 when the Tea Party movement got me out of my easy chair. So um, I really admire the energy and the the willingness to step up and step in and learn from the ground up because that's that's the best way. Great conversation with him. I also spoke with um, my friend Rich Wyatt and uh, been trying to talk with um, Anil Mathai, who's another dear friend about some controversial statements that were made. But anyway, we'll dig into all of that with Casper sometime in the 6 o'clock hour. What we're going to do when we come back, though, is you've got to hear uh, some of this interview that Tucker Carlson did with superstar actor, well, he's had his career crushed, but super actor anyway, James Woods. And I'll, we'll kick it off by reading the first uh, eight or nine of this Twitter thread. Very quick, very, very fascinating. So don't you dare go anywhere. It's Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, 710K in U.S. We are rolling into the second hour of the show at 546, Randy Corcoran. Good to be here with you. I made sure to listen to our 545 CBS News break. And... Uh, very interesting to me. I've just become so cynical of these people. Not a word about Twitter, of course. And uh, the, the absolute proof 
the uncontroverted, so far, documentation from deep inside the belly of that disgusting evil beast, now in the process of cleansing of the collusion that went on between the Biden campaign leading up to the 2020 election, between Democrats and Hollywood left-wing power brokers and everybody else to silence the narrative and make sure that the Hunter Biden laptop story did not gain any breadth of spread uh, right before it was time to vote. A Rasmussen poll, and I think other polling I've seen, has showed something like 60% of people who have said that that would have influenced their decision on who to vote for and a a pretty darn significant number who said that they would have changed their vote had they known about Hunter Biden. Because it's not just Hunter Biden and his his drug-addled mind and his sex perversion or anything else. It's his sister and showers with uh, with dad, Creepy Joe, and 10% for the big guy and splitting our incomes and all of those things that come out of this laptop that uh, would have impacted people very unfavorably against Joe Biden. And the media is still trying to crush it. So what do they do? They talk about the runoff election in Georgia. And of course, that's very, very important. But I heard this same clip that they played where they asked somebody who who it's very tight race. Who are who are you voting for? Uh, Herschel Walker. How come? Well, I'm a life lifelong Republican. And uh, 50 50 is a lot better than 51 41 either way. So the guy clearly can't do math or he was nervous or he just, you know, responded too quickly or whatever. But they make him sound like an idiot. The guy who supports Walker, because, you know, it's 5149. It's not 5141. And uh, I don't know if that's intentional. I'm just so cynical about these people. And then they promote the vaccine over and over. We hear this never ending promotions of vaccines. Mike Kaufman. PSA continues to play round the clock around here and probably elsewhere. I've had at least four people now who've watched the documentary died suddenly. They say it is a must watch. It's only about an hour long. I still haven't had time to see it, but um, uh, I certainly encourage you based on the reporting from people that I like and whose judgment when they say, yeah, this is important. See it. I have trusted in the past and it just fits right in. I mean, just this week, uh, and you can I, I wonder if anyone's compiling the list of the people who continue to die suddenly. Uh, no cause of death has been reported. Did you hear about the 21 year old TikTok superstar million plus followers or something like that? Just one of those. The term they use now is influencer. Megan Thakur, T-H-A-K-U-R, beautiful 21 year old died in her sleep. Brad William Hankey, the uh, played the prison guard on Orange is the New Black. Uh, also tied to us because he was a Denver Bronco back in, oh gosh, I was at 1989. Yep. 1989 and, uh, 56 years old, no health problems, no health concerns, no warnings. Oh my gosh. He died in his sleep. No reports. Nobody ever comes back and tells us how did they die? And it keeps happening and it keeps happening. And it, Anytime I hear that nonsense or read about it, reminds me of this fool. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Yeah, that's uh, 2022 and 2020. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended 
to the president that we shut the country down. Just unbelievable. And people, and listen, you do your own homework, but please don't jab that, what I consider to be poison, into your body without avoiding the propaganda, going outside. The, heck, you can even go to Twitter now and get alternative information from what the former Twitter controllers wanted you to have about ivermectin, about the vaccines, about the CCP virus, its origins, its dangers, all of those things. God bless Elon Musk. So anyway, I promised that we'd start in on this Twitter files. And this was supposed to come out yesterday, I think, around uh, 3 o'clock Denver time, 5 o'clock Eastern time. And it was late. It was like an hour and 40 minutes late. And people were thinking, starting to wonder, was it real? What's the deal? And um, Elon would tweet and say, we're doing some final fact checking. Stand by. And maybe he was just building drama. Who knows? I understand this thing was viewed millions of times. Uh, the thread itself has 345,000 likes on it, 119,000 retweets. And it's only been up um, just a little over 24 hours. It rolled out 4.34 p.m. yesterday, and it starts out this way. Thread, the Twitter files. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankenstein, it is a Frankensteinian tale of a human built mechanism grown out of control, out of the grown out the control. Okay, a little bit of typo here, so I'll just try and fill it in. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. And remember, this Matt Taibbi, a former editor for Rolling Stone, no right winger by any stretch. Number four, Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-life global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people, quote, the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. Number six, as time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly, over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. Number eight, I think there's about 38 of these in the first drop. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, quote, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, quote, handled. Think about that. More to review from the Biden team. This was during the election, before it was a Biden administration. The reply would come back, quote, handled. And then he put up a screenshot of different um, different Twitter people, and I don't recognize all of these particular um, Twitter handles. Number nine, celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. And he pulls up one, October 25th, 2020. I grabbed the first one under SI, defer to safety on the high-profile second one. 
I don't know what SI means, but defer to safety on the high-profile second one. The high-profile second one was actor James Woods. Actor James Woods was called yesterday by Tucker Carlson, who had just become aware of this story. Apparently his phone was blowing up, but Tucker got a hold of him, and he interviewed James Woods as follows. Twitter, under pressure from Democrats, deleted a tweet from the legendary actor James Woods, who had straight outside the lines by criticizing Hunter Biden. And the DNC told, this before the last election, told Twitter to take it down, and so they did. James Woods joins us now by phone. James Woods, are you there? Yes, I am, Tucker. So nice to talk to you. It's great to talk to you. I vaguely remember when your tweet was pulled down. You, of course, remember it. Did you suspect at the time it was pulled down at the direct request of the Democratic National Committee? I'm not surprised at all. I'm shocked uh, the way any other American would be if he were a target of a presidential candidate and a major political party. But here's why I'm not shocked, Tucker. You may, uh, uh, you may be surprised to know that there was a lawsuit a while back. Uh, a woman uh, accused me of saying that she gave a Nazi salute, and there was a whole bunch of, of stuff about it on Twitter, and, and I didn't. I actually asked why would somebody say that about her. Without going into the details of that lawsuit, it turned out that the DNC was behind that. I won the lawsuit in federal court. It wasn't reported very much. I've been a target of these people for six years. They have destroyed my career. They have destroyed my livelihood. They've destroyed my faith in a country that my family has defended uh, in the military since the Revolutionary War. I'm about to be inducted into Sons uh, of the uh, American Revolution and the Sons of the Revolution. Um, uh, I cannot I, – you're catching me a bit off guard because I literally just walked in the door – and my wife yeah. said, have you seen your phone? I was at the firing range, believe it or not, practicing for, for you. Uh, my rights under the Second Amendment, which I guess now that I don't have any First Amendment rights anymore, I'm glad that I still have some Second Amendment rights. I, I think yeah. the whole thing is uh, astonishing. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm for the first time in my life, honestly speechless. Yeah, it's really amazing. And it just gets... Uh more into details and facts and what James Woods intends to do about it. And we will play all of those clips for you in the second hour of the show. But we are nearing the top of the hour right now. When we come back, we're going to be joined for just a few minutes by my good friend Casper Stockham. He attended this uh, rally or press conference for the Save Colorado Project I believe the website is SaveColoradoProject.com. I had an opportunity to speak today to the, at least the MC. I don't know if he's exactly the person who put it all together, but I really liked what I heard from this guy. Um, And it got some press. Not all of it particularly favorable, but uh, we'll get Casper's take when we return. And... um, Uh, We'll get to some more of your calls at 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. And then uh, you've just got to hear the rest of this Tucker Carlson thing because this is just the beginning. These people have controlled and manipulated the narratives on so many things. Hunter Biden, the 2020 election, January 6th, the CCP virus, 
sudden deaths in 2022, vax injuries, ivermectin, the list goes on and on and on. I expect, I hope, I pray that Elon Musk lets it all come out. We'll find out. Stay with us. 710. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.